Hey everyone, welcome to the Fight to Thrive podcast. I'm Dr. Tyler Simmett. I'm a physical therapist and the captain in the U.S. Army. So this podcast is meant to serve as kind of your one-stop shop for tools to improve the physical, psychological, nutritional, emotional, and spiritual aspects of your life as I'm going to speak with experts throughout all of these fields. Now the show is called Fight to Thrive because you know this knowledge is great, but if you don't have the discipline to keep fighting every day to become a better version of yourself through this information, this podcast simply isn't going to help you. So keep fighting and let's take better care of ourselves so we can ultimately take better care of others. I do have to mention that the views expressed in this podcast are that of myself and my guests and do not reflect the official policy or position of the Department of the Army, Department of Defense, or the U.S. government. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome into uh, this week's episode. Thanks for joining us here. So this week, uh, we have uh, Dalton Leno. Uh, He is a physical therapist in uh, Canada. What part of Canada are you in, Dalton? I am in Hamilton, Ontario. Okay. And so himself and his, uh, is he your business partner or who's your, your co-host? Yeah, he's my, he's my business partner, my beautifully bearded friend, I like to call him. <laughs> his name's Will. I know. I'm, I'm really jealous of his beard because we, we don't get to grow that in the military. So it's pretty, uh, it's definitely, I'm definitely envious. But so uh, yeah, Dalton Will, they've, they've had a podcast for a few years uh, called the PT Coffee Cast. Um, that I've been a big fan of. And so I've been following them for a while. And essentially, you know, they they have a lot of good discussions about physical therapy and kind of the state of physical therapy. And it's geared toward, more towards clinicians, correct, Dalton? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely clinicians, new grads, students. And then we try to make it, you know, as easy to understand as possible that if someone from the public, you know, t- wanted to tune in and give it a listen, they'd be able to, to follow along, but more specifically new grad students and, and clinicians. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So been a lot of just really good information for me as far as like trying to, cause there's so many things that are going on, you know, within our profession and, and just trying to hear what other people are doing or what they, they think is important in their day-to-day clinical practice um, has helped me kind of shape my practice a little bit. And so I appreciate what you guys do. Can you give us a little bit more about kind of your background and, and, uh, how you got into PT and, and school you went to and all that? For sure. First off, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Um, you crushed the last name too. I know we were talking a little bit before we, <laughs> we hopped on the episode about pronouncing last names. So I've, I've recorded a lot of podcast episodes with a lot of botched last names. So you, you definitely, you definitely hit mine right on point. So it's good. It's um, a no. But, but yeah, so I'm a, currently a physical therapist in Hamilton, Ontario. Um, how I got into physio, uh, it, was kind of, it was kind of like, you know, your typical story. I went into kinesiology as my undergrad degree um, at the University of Windsor, which is in Ontario, Canada, right across from Detroit, just for the, uh, the American listeners there. Uh, but I did my undergrad there. And then uh, after I, I graduated Ken, I was like, the next kind of logical step was, was physio school. Um, so I, I ended up getting into physio school at the University of Western, um, which is in London, Ontario. Um, and I did my two years master, two year master degree there. So in Canada, it's a master's, it's not a, a DPT like you guys. So we do two years. Um, after I got done there, I, uh, I stayed in London for a couple of years and worked at um, a private practice there, as well as a strength and conditioning coach at a local gym. So I kind of did part-time in a clinic, part-time at the gym, which was a cool mix. Um, and then recently 
with this year, actually, myself, my friend Will, and now business partner, and then Dawn, our other business partner, we opened our own space here. Um, and that's kind of where we're at now with, with all this fun stuff. But that's kind of a little bit of the journey, short, short version of it. Nice. So what, when did, what year did you graduate from PT school? I graduated in 20, it's challenging, 2018, 2018 <laughs> I graduated. Yeah. All right. So I'm, I'm a year after you guys. So uh, yeah, still, I think both fairly new clinicians and still have a lot to learn for sure. But I think that's part of why I wanted to have you on is, is like, kind of, I was talking to you a little bit about before we started is, you know, I'm, I'm starting this new program in the army um, as the listeners, you know, already kind of should already kind of know about uh, it, the holistic health and fitness, um, you know, section of, uh, of my brigade that, that I'm kind of trying to get off the ground. Uh, but, and so basically what I'm, what I'm trying to do with, with this podcast is being able to bring other experts uh, within these fields, within strength and conditioning, you already mentioned within, um, you know, physical therapy, occupational therapy, nutrition, um, to help improve our unit knowledge of what's going on. Uh, because as I'm just getting this off the ground, it's just me that's starting this program up. And so I'm, I'm trying to offer this holistic approach. However, I've realized as I'm trying to do so, my knowledge is limited in some of these other realms. So that's kind of the area or the, the reasoning for getting this going. Um, and before I came into this job, I kind of already had uh, like a holistic mindset to my patient care. Um, I, I started a yoga class at my last job I was at and really enjoyed that. And, and just, I think it offers, especially, you know, I think everybody right now, it doesn't have to be soldiers, but everyone, uh, you know, is facing a lot of stress during these times. And so having something like a yoga class that can still physically challenge you, but give your mind kind of a break from like just the demands. And I think any form of exercise is good for that, you know, and to be honest, that's not like my, my first love. Like I've always been kind of in the strength and conditioning and like sports world. And, and that's where I, I kind of worked in, in sports strength and conditioning before going to physical therapy school. And so I was already kind of thinking of things as, you know, more of a, and I don't know what I kind of know from listening to you guys, but you can kind of elaborate on this a little bit, but you know, the, the, the performance physical therapy side, more of like the movement based, like dissecting, you know, movement patterns and flaws and, and, and kind of building back up from, you know, from the ground up type of an approach versus, you know, symptomatic type of, of treatment. And so uh, within that realm, you know, the, there's, there's a motivational component sometimes too, because sometimes you have people that, you know, especially like post-op or, or what have you, where there, there's other maybe mental barriers, barriers to get over. And so then there's like a psychological sports, psychological coaching component there too. And that's one thing that we're trying to emphasize is like with the, uh, like the, you utilizing like things like goal setting and visualization and, uh, uh, some of these other, you know, these areas of health. And so I guess, um, you know, like I said, from what I've heard with, from you guys, it seems like you also place a good amount of emphasis on these other components of uh, patient care. And if you could just kind of elaborate on that a little bit, sorry, I know it's kind of a, a rant there, but uh, just yeah. elaborate on, on what you kind of think is important within your one-on-one -on -one patient care and uh, some of these other resources you might use. Yeah, I mean, I think you, I think you hit, hit on the head with just like, 
looking at the person as a whole. So, you know, that's something that we do when we see each client, like, you know, yes, they're coming into to see us because of an injury, let's say, you know, a knee, knee pain or a knee injury or a shoulder, whatever it is, they're coming to us with pain, but there's often more things that are contributing or are the reasons as to why they're, they're there. Like, is it keeping them from doing something that they love? Is it keeping them from operating at a level that's required by the army to operate at? Right. Um, and those are the things that are, that we dive into and in, in trying to figure out, okay, well, what's contributing to this outside of just um, the pain that they're feeling in their knee. And, and, you know, we do that through a bunch of different ways. Like a big part of it is our subjective conversation with them, um, asking them a lot of questions like, you know, why are things important to them? Um, why does it, why is it important to train? Why is it important um, for them to be participating or competing at a high level? Like, trying to get down into the why so that we can then use that to help set goals and keep them on track um, to get back to where they want to go. And, and oftentimes there's a lot of other things involved, right? Like there's some fear around not being able to get better, or there's some fear around um, certain movements that are, that are going to cause them more pain or that led to their injury that we have to, to sift through. So I think a big part of what we do is, is talk through those things subjectively. Um, and then obviously we're getting, you know, like, a good idea of their movement, right? Um, we'll do like a basic movement screen that like it's not anything that, um, you know, like the FMS or whatever, whatever else is out there. It's just kind of something that we use with most of our clients. And we just take them through a full kind of screen of, of their movement um, to see more of like, are, are they hesitant to do certain things? Like where are they having limitations? We try not to put all of our weight into the movement screen itself, because we know that there's a lot of other factors that could be contributing to why this individual might not be moving um, as like quote unquote perfect as what we think they should be moving. Right. But then once we kind of get an idea of what causes the issues or what causes the symptoms and even what alleviates it, we then dive deeper into that and figure out, okay, how can we start finding an entry point to loading or moving this area um, in, in a safe way for their body. And then we just work from the ground up from that standpoint in, in using our understanding of exercise and how to progress and progress certain things and how to load. Um, a big part of what I think makes us pretty um, good here is that we understand strength and conditioning principles so we can layer that on top of what we know about pain and injury to particular tissues that has been very helpful for the success of our outcomes with, with clients. Nice. Yeah, that, that's a lot of good stuff there. And in finding that why I think is is really huge. And, 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 you know, maybe if you're someone listening to this, if you're a soldier listening to this, that has been, you know, dealing with a nagging injury for a long time, you know, especially if you're in my, if you're in my brigade, I really encourage you, you know, we have our physical therapy clinic open now, like I encourage you to come out and have that discussion with me, because sometimes like you already have that why now it's up to us to, to go through you know, giving you some tools to help you fight back to what you want to be doing and, and to help accomplish that why. And, and, I, and I think that, you know, with the military, sometimes that why is just to, you know, as important as keeping your job. And so there's a lot of people that I've come across that will get into physical therapy um, in the military that it's, it's almost too late. You know, that they've been dealing with something for so long and they've been on a, a a profile meaning that they can't do their fitness testing and they can't work out with their unit and stuff for so long. And then, you know, either not knowing what resources are available 
or um, just trying to tough it out end up in a, in a place where they're putting their career at risk. And, and now, and I think the, the longer that you wait, the harder it is to, you know, the, the long, and there's a lot of research on this too, the, you know, the more chronic the, the symptoms are, the harder they are to overcome. And so I think that, um, you know, from, from my end, if I can emphasize anything right now, it would be that, you know, that, you could you can know you could already know that why you could all be be really already be really motivated, but unless you're going about things the right way with trained professionals, sometimes you can be doing more harm than good. Do you agree? Yeah, I think I think so, and I think you know, it's a hard. I've come to really have empathy for people because um, it's hard to it's hard to stop or not get things addressed when you know that it's going to require and your mind taking a step back. Like if I try to put myself in the shoes of someone who's in the army and having some nagging injuries that's limiting them, I'm sure there's a lot of things running through their head that's saying like, I can't afford to take time off or I can't afford to not do this or I need to just push through this because I know that if I, I can just get to the other side, it's going to be better. So it's hard sometimes, you know, to wrap your head around it. And I think what I really try to do with all my clients is like try to shift their mindset around the idea of physio or rehab from being a step back to just being a slight pivot that's going to allow you to then excel and perform even better once we address certain things and I think physio you know gets a little bit of a bad rap and, and we bring this upon ourselves sometimes by people think oh if I go see a physio they're gonna take all this away from me and not allow me to do what I want to do which I don't I don't operate that way. And, and, and I always try my best to keep people doing what they want to do or what their job is or what their fitness is at the highest level possible for their current injury um, and not just take things away. Cause that's why people don't want to go seek help sometimes. Um, and so I think if we can do a better job of showing people like, Hey, we're not going to just take all this away. We're going to evaluate. We can see what you tolerate, what you don't tolerate. And then we'll continue working on things in our sessions that are going to reach you towards your goal. And everything's going to have an intent and a purpose in our session to get you there so that you keep hopeful um, and on the right track, as opposed to feeling like oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get anywhere or I'm not able to do anything that I want to do. Kind of. Yeah. I think that's a good point. It's like, we're, we're in this together. You know, it's not like I'm, I'm the bad guy wanting to oppose your goals and what you want to get done in, in life. It's it or in the military. It's something that, you know, I'm not going to set your goals for you. We're going to work together with, to find what those goals are and then um, agree on a plan forward. And it's not going to be me like bossing you around. And sometimes I get soldiers that come in because I, sometimes I I'll outrank them and, and they're just looking for like orders. And I'm like, no, that's not what we do here. It's like, we're, this is like a team approach. And, and I try to really get them involved in that process. And, and again, going back to not just treating symptoms and, you know, using things like modalities and passive treatments that, that tend to put more of a bandaid on things, but to see how, you know, how can we incorporate this, these changes long-term into your lifestyle and making sure that they understand that it is going to be a long-term thing. It's just, it's the same thing as like, like a dietitian on our staff working with someone that needs to lose some weight. You know, that person probably isn't going to want to just lose that weight for the next month. And, you know, it's going to be something that they're going to want to learn how to keep off long-term if, if they're taking the right approach. Um, so you know, every patient's different and, and we have different hurdles to jump over, but I think that that's, you know, it's important stuff to bring up. So, uh, you know, with your guys's, uh, 
clinic and you know, I'd, I'd assume as, as most are, it's probably pretty busy and especially with your podcast, you got a lot going on. So, you know, w- when you only have limited time with a patient, do you have like, you know, if you can only go over a few things or, or make a few things happen during that first initial session, do you have like check marks or things that you're trying to, trying to get to, uh, you know, to, to prioritize? Um, yeah. Are you referring to like the initial assessment that we would do or are you saying like the, so the initial assessment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one thing that we've done and, and part of the reason why we created our own space is we've taken the fact, like we've taken that time rush out of it. So we offer our sessions here, every session. Um, and we make sure that we spend all the time one-on-one with the client. Um, because one, we, we value that and two, we've worked in, you know, environments where we've had 20 minutes with the client or 30 minutes with the client. And it just, it's just not as conducive to some of the things that we want to do. Um, but with that being said, I know that there's people that are rushed and there's even times where there's a lot going on um, and you are rushed with, with an assessment and there's some things you want to get out of it. But um, with, with speaking to the initial assessment, so this is the, you're talking about the first time we come across this client, just so I'm clear. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one thing that, that I really try to do is, is just build build a connection with this individual, like learn a little bit about who they are, why they're here, you know, have them feel comfortable because sometimes coming into this environment, you know, can be, they could be worried or nervous or, you know, even sometimes like not, not like uh, confrontational, but they could be a little bit like holding back a bit or a little bit like aggressive at times. Some people, everyone's going to be a little bit different in how they react, but really trying to make the person feel comfortable, get to know them a little bit. And then um, a big part of what I dive into is like, you know, what does, what does their day to day look like? How are they sleeping? You know, are they, are they eating enough? Like what is their nutrition like? Like, these are a lot of things that we'll I'll touch on, like, I'm not a dietitian or a sleep expert, but I have the knowledge to know that those things impact their injury. So try to just get a good base of what that person looks like. Um, and then after that, like a big part of, of my assessment is that I would say 20, sometimes 30 minutes of the assessment can be that. And then after that, it's taking them through movements to see what, um, provoke symptoms and what alleviate symptoms. And then once we find that, what those things are, we can dive a little bit deeper and get more objective measures on those things, um, which we could do through, you know, strength testing um, or certain movements that we'd want them to do. Um, Mm -hmm. But a big, I would say a big part is just getting to know them, understanding their their day to day, um, understand their goals and what they want to accomplish. And then taking a look into some of those non-physical things um, is, is a big part of, of what I would do. And then later in all that physio stuff that, that we know how to do really well on top of it. Yeah. Nice. I think it's really important point to bring up that, that piece of like developing that connection and that rapport. Um, I definitely, especially right after I graduated, overlooked that piece a lot because, you know, when we were tested in school, it was like, had a checklist in my head like for our practical exams and stuff like I had to get through all of these questions and these tests and it it was more a like a subject than like or like a robot that I'm working with than an actual human and I I become more of like a robot that way and and sometimes especially when things get in a hurry I I kind of revert back to that and so that's something I always need to keep reminding myself with because I think like we're talking about before if 
if that person is really going to feel like you're on their team and they're and you're going to battle with this together, like you need to, to make that connection. It's probably a lot easier in Canada because everyone's so freaking nice up there. Like every- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, we just got an automatic advantage. Um, <laughs> on that note too, one thing that, uh, that I've really helped me, um, you know, and I'm still a new grad, but that really helped me early on is just being okay with that. Um, the fact that you may not get through everything on the first assessment, like, and mm. that's okay. Especially when it comes to like a testing standpoint or some objective things, it's like, you have many sessions after that to like, even the next session, you know, you can really put a lot of emphasis on some of those objective things or diving deeper into that. Um, I personally found a lot of benefit to spending, you know, time like connecting with that individual, making sure that we're on the same page, make sure that expectations are set and understood between both parties. Because if those things are all set up, goals are set up, um, everyone's feeling good about where they're at and where they're headed they're going to come back for that next session and you can dive deeper into a lot of those other things that you want to get after. Right. So I think sometimes we put, I used to put a lot of pressure on myself to like get everything done in that first initial meeting and that can make it feel rushed and and clients can feel that when you feel rushed. Right. So that's one piece of advice that, that I try to remind myself and tell to other people, new grads, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Something I've been kind of getting into recently is reading um, some stuff on motivational interviewing. I don't know if you've looked into that at all, but um, you know, again, no, I'm no expert by any means, but I've started just to incorporate some basic things into my practice. Um, You know, things like asking open-ended questions and, and affirmations. Um, The, uh, the acronym that I, that I learned is, is ORS, uh, O-A-R-S. And so like, uh, open-ended questions, affirmations being like, you know, if they're doing something well, if they're saying something good, like affirm that, say, that's awesome that you're able to, you know, do 20 push-ups yesterday. You started doing one or whatever it is, you know, making sure that they're, they're, re- they're recognizing that progress um, and then reflect, reflect back on them what they've said. And sometimes when you, when I've done that, either when I do that, I, I realize that, I don't understand them exactly what what they were trying to say. Like that wasn't exactly what they were trying to say to me. Um, or they, they just feel heard when I do that. Right. Like it, they, it's a form of active listening. And sometimes when I'm going through that, you know, as a new grad, I'm going through that checklist. Sometimes maybe I didn't hear them. It's just like really hear what they said. Like I'm just like checking the boxes type of thing. And so that's helped me kind of slow down. And then the S and that acronym is, is summarized. And just kind of at the end of the objective, I just kind of go through everything. I can make sure we're totally on the same page and, and ready. Everything is like they're heard the whole story's there and we're wrapped up and we're ready to move on and, and do some of that testing you talked about. Um, have you looked into any of that or, or incorporated any of that at all? Definitely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I haven't taken any motivational interviewing courses specifically, but mm-hmm. um, you know, in like asking the right questions, actively listening, summarizing, um, reflecting back on all of those things are, are what I would do in initial assessment. Um, a big, you know, a big individual that I learned a lot of this communication stuff with, um, is Nick Hanna. I'm going to give him a shout out. Um, he, he's taught me a lot about that. Um, so yeah, those are definitely important things. Um, and most of the times when we see issues arise, whether it be with, you know, clients not being satisfied or having, you know, a client have a flare up or go down the wrong route or be frustrated is when 
expectations are not met. And a lot of that has to do usually comes with us not actively listening or asking the right questions to make sure that they understand what's going on. Um, so yeah. I, I've learned to try to hone those things because it makes the back end of, of everything a lot smoother because we know how to load people. We know what progressions to give them. You know, those are all things we, we have a really good idea of how to do. It's making sure that we're explaining and making sure the client understands all that stuff, which is, is in my opinion, some of the, the more challenging and important things. Yeah, for sure. And one, like one thing that I, I heard that sounds kind of ridiculous, but actually when I, I've used it, it can be kind of effective. Um, like actually asking them, you know, what they think would make their back feel better. You know, <laughs> like what, what do you think is gonna, is gonna make this work? Because sometimes w their answer is either is actually kind of going to lead them into the right track. And so they're already taking charge of their care and they're going on the right road. Or sometimes like it helps open the window into like, you know, some of those fear avoidance or other issues that you're talking about. Um, and then that's why like I kind of emphasize that point of making them a part of the, the treatment plan as well and, and causing them to, because then if they're already starting to take responsibility for it, how much more likely are they going to be starting to incorporate this regularly into their, into their lifestyle? Yeah, man, totally. Like when I have people come and see me, the amount of questions that I ask them, like open-ended questions like that is, it's a lot. And sometimes people will be like, I've never had any physio ever ask me these questions. And, it, and you know, it's like, I want to get a good idea of where their head's at. Like, what are they thinking about? Where's their understanding of things? Because that's going to go a long way of into how we move forward with a plan. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes they're like, I don't, I don't know what's going to make me better. That's why I'm here, you know, like, which is fair, but it's, it doesn't hurt to ask. So um, kind of getting back into that like holistic realm uh, side of things. So, you know, we, you touched a little bit on like sleep and nutrition and, and how, and like maybe stress management, how some of that's important. Uh, I guess real quick before we get into that. So you'd mentioned that you do like the hour long sessions, which is awesome. I've started to incorporate that as well. And that's been great. Um, so are you guys uh, like a cash, uh, like purely cash based or do you work with, with insurance or how does that look for you? Yeah, that's a good question. So in, in Canada, it's a little different, like how we operate under insurance models, but mm -hmm. we have like, we would be a cash based model um, where essentially clients will come into us, they will pay for our services and then we'll provide them with an invoice that they can then bill to their insurance, which it would be then their insurance would decide like what they get reimbursed. Um, so yeah, we, we, we do kind of have insurance involved, but we don't do any billing to insurance companies. We don't do any of that. People come to us, they pay for our services and then they submit for their insurance to be covered. That's nice. That probably, cause that's one thing that's been really nice about practicing in the military is like everyone covered under that one payer system. And I do have to, bill out you know quote unquote but i don't necessarily have to worry about uh you know treating someone based on what insurance will cover or uh you know having to worry about billing out x amount to make ends meet type of thing and so right. um that's you know it it helps us focus on doing what's best for the patient which i think is awesome exactly. um, and so within that realm do you have any other uh i guess kind of within that realm. But so do you have any other like health professionals that you work with closely within your business model to, to help kind of emphasize this holistic approach? Yeah, for sure. So we're really trying to build up like our, let's say our brand or our, our 
clinic as like that holistic center, right? So, you know, we have a dietitian on staff who's amazing. So we, we refer to her in-house, right, about nutrition. And she, she helps, she works with clients that we work with. We, she puts on seminars and webinars and we do all that kind of stuff. Um, so she's there to, to deal with all that nutritional, uh, the nutrition side of things, right? I have an understanding of it, but I'm not a professional. So we're trying to build a team around us that can support all of those aspects. Um, one thing that we are working on and we don't have this yet, but it's definitely something that we'd want to bring on to our staff is, is like a mindset coach or a, or a psychologist or someone in that realm that can work with the mental, the mental side of things. Cause we know how much of an influence that is on, you know, behavior change and, also can help with pain management. And just most of the time when we're seeing a lot of people, it's like trying to help them make a mindset shift around something. So we don't have that on staff yet, but that's something where we do want to go towards because we think it's a big part of, of overall health, right? Um, we take care of obviously the rehab side of things and, and the performance side. Um, and then we do have a massage therapist on staff um, who, who we work in conjunction with. Um, the one thing that we don't necessarily have a good referral source with yet, and we're still trying to build up more understanding around this is just the idea of sleep. Like we know the basics of sleep and how to, how, what people should be getting and how we can help, you know, our clients who may be struggling with sleep, give them some tactics or tips, but we don't have like a, a ideal referral source that would align with like our values yet. Um, but that's something that we're hoping to kind of work through with at some point. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's cool that you've been able to add on uh, that, that dietitian. I, I've, I guess there's, there's just a lot of things that I overlooked from a, uh, you know, a tissue healing perspective, like the more I've learned on that too, especially when you're working with people that are post-op uh, and that, you know, have a lot of tissue healing that needs to take place or an injury, any injury for that matter, you know, if you're not getting enough, you know, things like, you know, essential amino, amino acids and proteins and, you know, I think that's, that's something that we just kind of breeze by, but, you know, take a step back, are you getting fruits and vegetables and all these things It can, it can play a big part in giving you more energy to, to do your exercise and also to allow that healing to occur. Um, so like I mentioned that I, that I'm doing some, uh, you know, a yo some, I did some yoga classes. I'm starting to bring that back, uh, doing some like barbell lifting classes and things like that. I know that like your model is a little bit different, but have you guys incorporated any of that like class, uh, you know, model? And, and if so, how, what have you seen with it? Yeah, um, we don't we don't have any class models just yet. It's definitely something that we plan on doing. Like we've created a beautiful space here for for a reason. Obviously, we're a little restricted with the whole COVID situation right now of having right. people in in person in like bigger like bigger classes. But um, something that we definitely plan on having as we as we develop is you know learning how to squat and deadlift and the basics of lifting. You know, have community you know, community members or other experts in yoga come in and teach a class out of our space for our community. Um, we we want to have all that stuff here. Like we view our, our space as a hub and we're going to bring in the people that, you know, I'm not an expert in yoga, but I'm going to bring someone in who can, can do that and share it with our community. You know, I'm going to put a class together, to teach people how to deadlift. Like we'll bring different people in here um, to, to run those things. And it is a big part of what we want to do. We're just unfortunately a little bit limited with it right now, you know? 
Yeah, for sure. And we have seen some of that too. They're letting us have about like 10 people at a time right now, cool. which is, is okay. It's not where I'd like it to be, but hopefully, you know, as this vaccine rolls out, we'll start to be able to get a little bit more back to, to some normalcy. Yeah. It, it kind of makes sense just thinking of it more from not only the, the business side, but also just like patient outcomes too. It's like, if you have something that you can offer your, your clients, your patients, you know, when their symptoms are improved, you know, if, if you've helped them to get to that point, they're probably will be willing or and wanting to, to pay for something else too, right? If, if you've helped them to get to that point and if you don't have anything else to offer, then they're not going, they're not going to stay with you because there's nothing else there. But if you have like a really good strength, strength class and yoga class, things that will help again, incorporate these things into their lifestyle. And it just seems like the best of, you know, a win-win for everybody. Yeah, like the full spectrum of health is something we really we really try to cover, right? And, you know, like you're saying, a lot of people come to, a, to us with an injury and having, you know, trouble around doing X, X movement or X activity. But then once they've overcome that injury and that pain and whatever else is holding them back, you know, we try to set it up where we push people to want to level up and try new things and push their goals. Um, and we want to be able to continue to facilitate that. It, whether it's like us carrying it through or pushing them to someone who is part of our community of, you know, individuals that are going to take over and do that because the healthier people are, the stronger the people are, you know, the more mentally strong people are, the better off they're going to be in the long run, which is just mm -hmm. better for society, just better for all of us, I guess, you know? Yeah, for sure. I like that. Like t taking that, that deeper approach. And that's something that I tell patients a lot too, like even with something like massage therapy. So that's something that I recently started, recently started to incorporate for myself, like personally. And it almost feels like makes me feel a little bit guilty to like take that time just to like for someone else to work on I me. Mean, Cause I, I try to emphasize the non, like I said, the non-passive components of things that I do, um, you know, when, when, I'm going through PT, but that doesn't mean that there's, there's a time. And if you have the means and it's something that, that you're able to do, uh, you know, I think that it's something that there's a huge mental benefit to just being able to, similar to yoga, just kind of let go for an hour. Um, and, and there's a lot, sometimes, you know, I can lay on a lacrosse ball or, you know, work through some of that myself, but then that, that turns into just another like chore that I have to do. And so like getting that mental break, um, and then like, getting that self-care now I like like you're saying I'm in a position where I am mentally in a better spot to help my clients or help other people um, in whatever way you know shape form that looks like and I think that that's something that our society is starting to starting to come around to uh, slowly but um, you know just like giving yourself permission to to take care of yourself so you can take care of other people yeah man totally agree yeah, that's tough. So yeah, so um, just real quick, Nick Hanna, uh, can you, is is there somewhere, is what is, is he a PT or what, what does he do? Yeah, yeah. So he's a physiotherapist. Um, he's, he's big on Instagram. He talks a lot about like communication, a lot about the motivational interviewing, um, how to have those conversations. He gives a lot of like tangible tips and takeaways. His Instagram content is, is really good. You can find him on Instagram at Hannah Moves is his handle. Um, He's, he's a fellow Canadian. He was my mentor, one of my mentors and, and a good friend of mine. And I always try to shout him out because his, um, his stuff has really changed, you know, my approach to, to physio. And it's tangible for both like anyone who's listening that's a physio and anyone who is just, you know, 
the public. Um, he puts out really good content around communication, around pain, around understanding all that stuff. So it's good. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Um, yeah. So what, what made you guys uh, decide to go with the coffee cast? Assume you're avid, avid drinkers or what? <laughs> yeah. So the PT coffee cast started in my second year of physio school with, with Will. Um, mm-hmm. And, and we, you know, that's when we started our Instagram page and kind of got started to get into that. And um, we always sat down and ranted over coffee about physiotherapy and school and all that fun stuff. So we decided to go with PT coffee cast and it just kind of, kind of stuck from there. And now, you know, we just continue to have coffee infused conversations, man. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's kind of what it is. Will, Will was the big coffee guy. He brought me into like the, the, the good coffee world, I would say. And then now I've ch- kind of just ran with it since. Nice. You guys are, um, you guys are on Instagram. You have your own PT coffee cast. Is it, what's your handle on that? Yeah, the handle on Instagram is at, P- the, at PT Coffee Cast. So that's where we put out all of our like specific mm-hmm. um, podcast related related stuff. Awesome. Yeah, I felt kind of guilty not having my cup with me because I'm always drinking coffee. And, like, Dude, I, same. Just... <laughs> I, don't, I don't have one either. I just came from a client. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to have a coffee. But it's all good. Yeah, it was just like right after lunch. I was kind of full. I, I've, so I've got into doing like homemade cold brew. I'm like all about the cold brew just like it's it's dangerous because it's so like concentrated and powerful but that's what i love about, i love about it a lot of flavor also been kind of getting into that um what's it called bulletproof coffee have you heard of that or tried out that at all yeah like i know the idea of bulletproof coffee i dabbled in it a little bit a while yeah. a while back where you're throwing like the yeah the coconut oil in there and mm-hmm. whatever all the else. fats all the fats just loaded yeah. up <laughs> yeah i've been kind of toying with some intermittent fasting and that and it's, yeah. it's actually been working pretty good so far uh yeah i would got, say it's got, helpful for that for sure yeah. yeah i feel like definitely mentally like more crisp when i'm when i'm doing it so for all those yeah. out there that's a plug for bull and you don't have to actually buy the bulletproof brand too you can just look up the recipe and do it yourself it's a lot cheaper exactly <laughs> had to give a coffee plug when I'm talking coffee cast guy. <laughs> yep. Awesome, man. Well, thank you. I won't take up any more of your time. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, and yeah, hopefully we can uh, stay in touch and do this again. I think it's been a really, really good conversation. So I appreciate it. Yeah, totally, man. Appreciate appreciate you having me on and love everything that, that you're doing. And we'll for sure have to get you on the, the PT coffee cast for a proper cup of coffee and a good conversation. Can't wait, man. All right. Have a good rest of your day. Awesome. You too, man. All right. Bye. All right, everyone, just have one more quick ask before you go. Uh, if you got something out of or you just enjoyed this week's episode, it'd really mean a lot if you could take the time to either subscribe, review, or share this podcast with your family, friends, fellow servicemen and women, uh, whoever you think you know might be able to benefit from it. Uh, my goal is it really is to reach as many people as possible and, and to hopefully help them find better health and wellness. So if you could uh, you can take the time to do this, it would really mean a lot. Uh, thanks, everyone. I hope you have a great rest of your day.